Welcome to the Bad Fan. We have made it to match week three of the Premier League and have been treated with some spectacular soccer and headlines thus far. We'll break down the massive Man United win over Liverpool, the instant classic that was between Newcastle and Man City, and Major Leeds. Soccer is flying with their win over Chelsea. Your journey with the Bad Fan begins now. I am your host, Cole Carter, and I'm glad that you have tuned in with us today. Joining me today are my good friends and yours, and these guys love soccer. Uh, this is Brandon and Steven. Guys, good to have you back on The Bad Fan today. How are we doing, fellas? I'm doing very well, supporting a local Atlanta uh, Sheffield Sunday, um, playing off the, you know, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, one of the best kits I own, to be honest. Um, they won their Soccer in the Streets League this weekend. Um, so shout out to them. Lovely. Steven rocking the eighteen nineteen Tottenham jersey. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, I just love the collar on that one. It's just a favorite of mine for whatever reason. Yeah, it shows off my collarbones that I've been working on. <laughs> and today I'm rocking the Juventus. I got Weston McKinney on the back. Got this on a steal from Dick Sporting Goods this week. Deal. Always uh, shopping the deals. Always looking for deals. It's a dangerous <laughs> It's a dangerous addiction I think I've built up at this point. People have their vices. Mine is I think jerseys at this point. It's probably mm-hmm. safe to say. Agreed. Um, probably be dangerous if I counted it on air. I probably should not let people know how many I have. We might do um, it one day. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know if, is it a problem? Episode. Is it a problem to have more than let's just say 50? I don't know. I don't know. If you think it would be a fun episode, let us know. Yeah, let's Ooh. let's let us know what you think about Engagement. kids and uh, yes. Well, as we just talked about in the intro, we're gonna be talking about the Premier League from this past week. This is match week three, which is crazy. We've already had three games. Like, I feel like we just started and we're already three games in, which is sort of nuts. Mm-hmm. Only thirty-five left. I'm kind of sad already thinking about it. Um, but so much soccer left <laughs> to be played, obviously. But uh, the first one we're talking about is Manchester United. They took on Liverpool. Um, on Monday, and I think a result went down that nobody expected. Liverpool's defense just did not look themselves. They looked exposed. Um, I think we'll get a little bit into it, but just the result ending 2-1 in favor of the Red Devils. Uh, Jaden Sancho getting this scoring started early in the 16th minute. Um, I don't know. How would you break this one down, Brent? How would you describe what happened early on with this Liverpool team? Yeah, like you said, the defense was just sort of out of whack, I think. Um, but I have to credit Ten Hog. They were looking for these like very incisive passes in specific points of the game at specific points on the field. And it happened like two or three times. One almost resulted in a goal. One did result in a goal. Um, yeah, that's, and that's sort of, from what I remember, I think that's how Sancho's goal sort of came to be. Um, do you think, I mean, I think we talked a little bit about it, but do you think Liverpool could have done anything to stop that that first Sancho goal? I was looking at it, from my opinion, I thought Van Dyke was just rooted to the ground. I think initially he was in a good position when Sancho was rearing up to try and score, but he deked out Milner. Milner takes the slide, and then I think he probably took one or two touches and yeah, then did. didn't see any movement from Van Dyke. He said, okay, cool, and place it into the left corner so you know we talked about it earlier in the day watching i said that van dyke at that point 
should have taken a step towards Sancho to try and close off that angle and just trying to put some pressure on the ball. But since he didn't, Jaden was just left open to take the shot and had just a clear look at it. So I thought Van Dyke just looked off. He's looked off this whole season, to be honest. You know, getting mm-hmm. beaten by Mitrovic week one was just, you know, and his standards an embarrassment. And, um, yeah, Mitrovic is on his way to 18 legals for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, no, but Van Dyke has just not looked good. And so I think him and Joe Gomez were paired today for the first time since that Aston Villa 7-2 game, which we'll what an embarrassment that was. Um, and so it's just it just seems like something isn't clicking for this Liverpool defense right now. And I certainly think that had he reacted better, Milner gave him an earful right afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think that it could have been stopped, but... Um, yeah, what did you think about it? Yeah, I, you know, I, when I first watched it, it just seemed like it was the mature play to just sort of stand still. And because you don't know when Sancho's going to shoot that ball, he could have just shifted it to his left and shot it immediately. And those sort of things happen very quickly. Um, watching it back, though, it seemed like Sancho was on the ball for like three seconds in the box, um, which is a long time. It doesn't seem like it, but it's a very long time. And if, you know, if you're at the races, you should be flying to that ball, like as he's shooting it, like exactly like you said, cutting off that angle, making yourself big. He made himself big, but I think he was literally like five plus yards away, and Sancho just passed it into the corner of the goal. I don't know, Steve. It was, what you it will, I'll just say one more thing too. It was yeah. also at the expense of Allison. I mean, he had literally yeah. the perfect view was blocked because of Van Dyke's positioning as well, which you know he can't know that, right? Um, but it was also unfortunate that the place that he decided to root himself was literally right in Allison's view. So when Sancho faked to the right, that's when Allison bit. And since there was no reaction from Van Dyke on the fake shot, that's why the left-hand corner was wide open because Allison already committed to the save and Van Dyke did nothing else. So that's what I saw as well was he ended up actually hindering his keeper more than anything else. Yeah. There's a great view of uh, there's a shot behind the goalie um, behind the goal. Um, in Allison's view. And you can see Allison trying to peek around Van Dyke and he doesn't, he can't see. Um, so, you know, when it rains, it pours and maybe uh, Van Dyke's had a Harry Maguire like start, but on the low, honestly. Um, and, you know, Liverpool fans might not like it, but Van Dyke is not nearly as good and kind of hasn't been nearly as good last year. Like he wasn't, from what people think he is, um, yeah, he's had his moments. He had his moments, um, and they've been more glaring at the start of the season, like y'all have already touched on. But, um, yeah, I would be concerned if I'm Liverpool right now. But it's exactly what the doctor ordered. Fun to see Rashford back up at the striker position, position that he hasn't played in some time. Credit to Ten Hag dropping Ronaldo, Shaw, Maguire. Um, it's exactly what the doctor ordered, and now – Man United, that's five points. No, three yeah. points. Yeah, out of their first two games or whatever. So, not a bad start. Well, it's well, funny. It's a bad start, but it's kind of, I don't know. What do you think of this Man U team? Yeah, <laughs> right. better than I mean, Liverpool's. It's funny that you mentioned the omission of Maguire and Shaw, specifically defense. Obviously, Ronaldo's big, but it's just the parallel. You know, expect this Man U team, people just trashing Lissandra Martinez and then. Baron just he's been a big question mark since his um, arrival at Man U, and they both performed pretty well today. Specifically, Martinez um, just making aggressive tackles 
um, stepping up the field at the midfield and meeting players there and making big plays. So I think he was the one that made the biggest statement. Obviously, the win is huge for Man U as a team, but I would argue he was the one that made the biggest statement of, hey, you know, despite what you say, I'm going to stick around. I am going to try and make a difference on this team. But hey, Rashford getting his goal was sort of a confidence booster for him. That might be what you said the doctor ordered for Manchester United. What do you think, Brennan? Yeah, Rashford, you know, started um, in that striker position, looked really good, to be honest. Um, I don't know if it came across to you guys, but Rashford looked gassed like for most of the game um and then martial came on i know he's coming off an injury but he did not look up to it at all when he came on uh, luckily they were you know they could hold on to the win but i mean his, his um, assist was very nice martial's assist like two events after yeah, coming on definitely definitely yeah and they'll take that um and then rashford you know moves out to the wing where he's also very dangerous almost like the rashford of like when he was like 19 just using yeah. his pace blowing by the high back line um, going right in and scoring near post. It was, it was honestly beautiful. Yeah. I wish um, there was his strike in like the 76 minute that just like nasty. Oh yeah. Gosh, I could <laughs> not imagine. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that would have been nasty. dirty. That would have been raw if he had scored that. Um, but like as a whole, are we concerned about Liverpool? Cause really they weren't connecting up top. Salah got his, you know, kind of constellation goal in the 81st minute, getting a header at the back post, but they weren't clicking up top. So should we be more concerned about Liverpool's defensive partnership or their offensive partnership so far not scoring enough goals? Yes. Um, I think it's a both <laughs> and, um, honestly. Um, you know, Mane's not there, and that's not even the biggest part of their worries right now, honestly. Um, you know, Nunez has been suspended for three games. So he wasn't able to play against Manchester United. He's going to be a great player for them. I, I'm not really too concerned with him. However, um, having somebody that's been there, done that in the Premier League for years and years and years, not being on that squad, it's going to take a hit. Um, but again, I don't think that's the biggest part of the Liverpool's issues right now. The middle of the park, uh, we were joking before the show started, Brandon was saying, they made James Milner run for 76 minutes. That's that's just <laughs> criminal. Um, this is a guy that we were wondering, is he going to resign for Liverpool? What's his role going to be? And he's starting in the biggest game of the season. So, I mean, they're only three games in, but against Manchester United and doing a lot, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm nervous to. about Liverpool's midfield, Thiago's ability to stay healthy. Um relying on a old man and Milner and a young boy and Harvey Elliott to play on that right mid side. And then not to mention the issues at the, the back line, Trent Alexander and Arnold, um, great for assists, not great for defending problems with Van Dyke, uh, and injuries. I, I mean, everything is that's, that's none of that's an understatement. I think, I don't know about y'all's opinion on that, but I mean, I think the offense is the least of the worries. I'm not too worried. I think Salah will still score like, at least maybe not as much as Mitrovic this year, but um, at least <laughs> 15 goals or so on the season. Nunez, I think is going to be just fine. Um, but as opposed to seasons prior where that might be the biggest part of Liverpool's game that needs to get improved on. That's like, they have bigger issues on the field right now and they're way more glaring than they have been over the past three, four years. Yeah. yeah. I was I was gonna say, 
Liverpool should definitely be worried about their defensive partnerships right now. Um, Van Dyke, who I still rate as the best defender in the world, um, not not really been up to it so far this year. Um, I don't doubt, like, I'm never going to doubt a champion. <laughs> so um, the likes of Liverpool, they are champions. They are, you know, come the end of the season, the past, what, five years? They, they, they've been there um, every year. So I'm not going to doubt that they don't, they won't do it. But Liverpool fans, your your defense is not looking good. Um, I mean, who 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 do you bring on? Nat Phillips, who's okay, who's okay, but wouldn't start for any other <laughs> Premier League team. Right. Um, you have Matip, who probably needs a cane. Um, do you want to bring Fabinho from the midfield back into the the defensive line, like you know has happened in the past? Probably would want to stay away from that, especially like you just said, the midfield is awful. Their midfield and he is didn't awful. look good last week against Crystal Palace in the midfield either when he did start. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I know they'll be getting Kanate back soon, but is that going to be is 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 Kanate going to make a huge impact? I guess if you're a Liverpool fan, you hope so, but I wouldn't throw my hat on it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Is Joe is Joe Gomez the answer? Like you said, Cole, seven two thrashing at Villa was the last time they started together, um, and then then this game, and they did not look good. So I'm, I'd be worried. I'd be worried. Yeah, and, and I think it's important too that like this isn't an overreaction. I think an overreaction would have been, you know, after the first two games of the season, like two draws, Fulham, Crystal Palace, they just lost to Manchester United, like. Biggest rival. This is huge. Um, and I, I don't think it can be understated. And it's not an overreaction. Like us saying that they should be worried is very real. It is early in the season for sure. But they're only going to play the Tottenham's, the the Arsenal's, the Chelsea's, Manchester City. Like they got a lot more. I mean, Brighton. Like, there's a lot of teams out there that are up for the task. And at the start of this season, the first three games, is any indication, it's going to be a dog fight. Um, Teams like Newcastle are here to play. So it's going to be fun. Leeds. Um, But anyways, yeah, panic button is on Luke Carter. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's going to be something that needs to be sorted out. Um, but yeah, I, I really just don't know what their answer is currently. If it's injuries, you can't do anything about that. Um, they probably don't have the funds to spend in the transfer window. If they already spent all that money on Nunez. And so I would doubt we'll see any movement from them. It's just going to be, have to be more of the same and figuring out with the guys and the system they have. And yeah, Jurgen Klopp is obviously capable of doing that. Um, mm-hmm. he's had to overcome adversity before and he's certainly, overcome adversity with plenty of complaints and excuses in the past. So I'm sure there'll be one after this defeat. Um, but I don't know if you guys have any, anything else to mention, but um, yeah, the, uh, as you mentioned, Steven Newcastle, those guys, I mean, they took on man city and what was a very entertaining game. That one ended at three, three uh, got off to the start. Gunawan scoring at the fifth minute or something like that. Um, and at that point, you know, you're thinking, Newcastle, Man City, I'm probably going to put my money on Manchester City, the champions for the past two seasons. Um, 
And then our guy from Atlanta United, the Paraguayan, uh, Miguel Almiron, was having himself a day, getting good opportunities, um, being dangerous the first half. Um, he missed an open opportunity. Um, Brandon, would you describe that as a sitter? or It was most definitely a sitter, probably about probably about 10 yards out near the penalty That's my spot. Miggy. <laughs> um, skies it with his favored left foot over the bar. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but he found, he found redemption, didn't he? Yes. Um, redeems himself with a fight in goal in the 28th minute. <laughs> uh, that was assisted by a beautiful cross by St. Maximin. Um, it was VAR or no, the, actually the side judge flagged Rolled it, it offside. offside. I think it was. Yeah. Um, and it looked like he had hit it with his hand as well. At some point, um, goes to VAR. He was onside. It was off of his thigh goes in. Uh, ties the game up at one one, and you know, watching Miggy celebrate is just one of the. I was best I was ever. just getting ready to say. <laughs> I think a lot of times in the in the Premier League, just in soccer in general, you see when a goal counts through VAR gets reversed and counts on the video review, the celebration is pretty muted. Miguel Almiron acts like he just <laughs> scored in that second. Goes over to the stands, shaking his body, going into the crowd, hugs a random fan. Trippier even was behind him, but kind of like, hey man, like. Let's calm down a little bit. Um, but you love to see it. Uh, he is the only Paraguayan to ever score in three straight Premier League seasons ever. Wow. So kudos to him. Country's Paraguay, you know. Uh, it's big feet and hasn't been consistently great or good, really, in the Premier League. But he's doing something huge right now. And he is adored by fans everywhere. Um there's a funny video. Do y'all remember that like crazy little kid that like sticks his tongue out and like freaks out like in the stands? Yeah. Someone said in 40 At years. The Marlins game? I don't know who it is, but it's like basically someone made the video comparison of the little kid versus Miggy and they look exactly the same. And someone <laughs> said in 40 years you could post that this kid grew up into this man and they probably wouldn't notice the difference. <laughs> pretty funny. If you know what I'm talking about, it would be pretty funny, but um, anyways, the game was happening still. Miggy got his goal. Um, and then St. Maximin, did he score again? Or did Cal Molson score the second goal? Callum yeah, um, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful goal. Um, but the one I think that was the most memorable was Kieran Trippier's fantastic free kick. He already has four free kicks, I think, in his short time with Newcastle. I mean, his absolute belter, top left corner. Ederson could do nothing about it. Um, but less than seven minutes later, Erling Holland, the menace, scoring goals as he does. Um, his third of the season as well. Um, but really, I think the beauty of the night was Kevin De Bruyne. Just his vision is so insane. I, I don't understand. Unreal. That. I mean, just the mental capacity to like know that my guy is going to cut in from the edge of the box, basically the center of the box, and just meeting him head on with Bernardo Silva was just incredible. Um, doing all the the hard work and Bernard just gets to tap it in essentially. Um, so the game ends 3-3, but what were y'all's thoughts after this one? Can we expect this on the regular from Newcastle to perform at the high level? Um, or is this just kind of a fluke early on in the season with them? I think you probably think they will because you <laughs> said they would make it into Europe. I did. Um, no, they did not look great versus Brighton, but they were definitely up for this one. <sighs> I I don't think it'll be a regular thing, but I think they, you know, like they showed towards the end of last season, I think, what are they, second 
in the year 2022 on points picked up. I think maybe I think, third. I think it's like them, Tottenham, and is it Liverpool? City. Or is yeah, one of those two. One of them. They're they're up there. So I mean, they're I guess you could call them they're pretty hot, right? I mean, they're hot. If they can keep right in that, then it's not really like a hot streak anymore. It's just how they are. So I don't know. They're definitely one one to follow though. Yeah, I think um playing at St. James's Park is going to give them a lift this season. That's my big takeaway, honestly. And I think them getting a point against City um it, it's a reference point as a player going into a season that it's early on you're going to be in the dog days and you might come off losing two in a row to maybe nottingham and wolves or something and then you're going to remember this big game you have up against chelsea or liverpool or man U or tottenham and be like you know we got a point against the city champions. at the start of the season <laughs> the champions and we're at this game at home let's let's do this so i think it's going to be i think it's a big result um I don't think it's something we can expect. Like, I don't think they're going to start just taking the points from everybody in the top half of the table, but it's big. It's huge. This is a team in the borderline of, you know, we're in relegation talks a year or two ago. Um, are they going to stay up? And it's, it's big. Can't go understated. The goals that they are scoring, the Miggy passion, the Trippier, the finesse. Um, this is a very capable team. Clinical counterattack, St. Maximin, beautiful pass to Colin Wilson. Colin Wilson had a lot to do on that goal as well. And that was a beautiful technique and finish on his part. So uh, they're going to be a fun team. They're going to be a fun team to watch. They're going to lose some games. You know, they're going to drop points. Um, but they're going to be an entertaining side every single week is, is what you hope, I guess. And they, you know, they have that in them to score three goals against Manchester City. So mm. as a fan, you always want that belief. Um, so they're going to be fun. Yeah. And they've, <laughs> you know, a year ago, we would have talked about Joe Ellington too, as well. You're talking about the waste of money he has been, um, but he sort of had a renaissance as well this past, you know, six months going back to the beginning of 2022. He's starting to make himself valuable as well. Getting moved to the midfield, not being the man up top playing striker on the wing. He's been able to be more effective. So yeah, that's what I think Newcastle, you know, the addition, I think was it, um, which Burnley defender was it? Ben Me going to Newcastle? I can't yeah. remember. But it's like studying at their defense, um, having a little bit more presence on offense. I do think they could compete for Europe. I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility. Um, but hey, you know, it's a long season. We're three games in. Um, there's so much left to play. But again, these early results we talked about with Liverpool. These points matter when you come down the stretch. Um, you can't just magically come up with points at the end of the season. You have to have early results as well to get you through the season, especially when you have high goals, high expectations, um, which comes to a team like Chelsea who have had an interesting start. Certainly not one that's been ideal for them. Um, I hinted at earlier, major Leeds soccer, um, you know, the United Leeds of America, whatever you want to name them. Um, Can you go for three puns? Let's go. Don't, don't get carried uh, away. Don't get carried away. Oh man. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I can't. I can't. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Leeds Soccer Club. Is that I'm a Leeds United Soccer Club? Anyways, oh, it's soccer now. Yeah. <laughs> so You just got soccered. Have you seen those memes? <laughs> I've heard about the soccer memes. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but they beat Damn. Chelsea 3-0. I mean, this one wasn't close. 
Brennan Aronson, putting the pressure on Edward Mendy, getting the goal in the 33rd minute. Rodrigo's been bagging goals this season. Um, hello. And Jack Harrison also getting on the score sheet. So three goals in a span of 70 minutes does not look good for Chelsea. And Klubalai, he got on the score sheet in the wrong ways, getting two yellow cards, which meant he got the red in the 84th minute. So Chelsea, guys, is this a hype? coming from the Leeds team that's making them look good or is this a Chelsea team that's looking bad? What are we supposed to be believing here? Are we believing the hype or are we believing Chelsea's in trouble three games in? I think, uh, I think after the game is kind of where I'm worried for Chelsea. Uh, I don't know if you saw Thomas Tuchel's uh, press conference. And we always talk about managers making up excuses uh, he touted part of the reason to being the coaches, not the players. Um, the players took a plane to Ellen Road um, against Leeds, but he complained that the coaches had to ride the bus because there wasn't enough seats on the plane. He said that's where it started. That was an actual analysis from a coach. It was only 200 miles, by the way. Yeah, it's only 200 miles, and you know – uh, I was watching ESPN FC and uh, Gab Marcotti was joking, you know, so this is one of like the repurposed like yellow school buses where your knees are like <laughs> digging into the back of the seat and you're like bumping the whole way there and there's no AC. No, it got a bathroom. Hey, this is a nice, this is Chelsea. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's cheap. And if I'm the, like say you got outplayed. Um, I think when there's, when there's a tendency to, make up your own reality in your head that's not there on the field. I don't know. If I was if me as a Tottenham, when we go out and get waxed by a team, I want Conte to say, yeah, we were bad. You know, they were better. Um but I don't know. Chelsea did not look good. Kluvelai looked terrible. Brendan Ayrton put him on skates a couple times. Um even Kluvelai picking up his first yellow, getting he didn't need to foul really the way he did. It seemed like it was scared defending yeah. And from uh, Philadelphia Union ex-player. So um, <laughs> k- kind of weird. Uh, Chelsea's defense a little sus. It's Ellen Road, though. It's Leeds is an amazing club. Fantastic fans. They've been flying so far. But yeah, not a good, not a good look on Chelsea to lose 3-0. Can, yeah. I speak some, can I speak some German about Thomas Tuchel? Can I insult him in German? Is that allowed? Oh, my God. Don't get us oh in trouble. God. Okay, I will, I will do it. It's fine. That's fine. Thank you. Fine. Thank you. <laughs> One of your four phrases that you know. <laughs> um, Tuchel also said on the day that he thought Chelsea was the better team. That's always another, like, you don't want to hear that. <laughs> like, I'm like, what world? No one, no one in the world who watched that game or watched the highlights of that game thought Chelsea was better in any moment of the game. Honestly, like very, very, very few moments of the game. I was like, oh, uh-oh, Chelsea's, Chelsea's going to turn up. I don't know, Cole. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Never, not once did I think that. No, no, no. That'd be like saying, oh, yeah, Manchester United was the better team against Brentford last week. It's like, <laughs> what? What? Like, what are you watching? What are you thinking? Like, at that point, you have to own, you know, your issues, your problems, your failure at that point, right? If you can't accept that, like, it's just, I don't know. I, I can't find any reality that he could find that grounded in. They're just, I don't know. But I think, you know, Leeds, Leeds has some... uh some reasons to believe their own hype. They have 
Um, just the audacity to go for it seems week in and week out. Jesse Marsh certainly has been building that mentality that, um, you know, if it's the underdog mentality or just like, you know, the lion killers that they can, they can go out and they can score goals and be dangerous. And that can take them so far. I mean, you had, um, Frank, what was the old manager's name? Um, I was going to say, it's it's almost like more toned down Bielsa ball. It's like very, it's, it's not as extreme, but it's like very toned down and the players are more about themselves. Like they just feel more comfortable. It seems, I don't know. It, It looks better. Yeah. And it's effective. It's been working so far for yeah. them. And, you know, I don't know what they were expecting coming this season, but they're certainly off to a flying start. And um, it's stuff like this you can build off of. You can create a successful season. You know, if it's top 10, if it's whatever, you know, we, I think one of us had them in the relegation zone. So it's like they, <laughs> I won't name names. It was me. Um, uh, <laughs> but again, like, it's a long season, but their young team, you would hope that they would only develop and improve over the course of this year. So, you know, getting results against Chelsea is only going to build that confidence, but it's going to be taxing on them to certainly play that aggressive, you know, playing up the field kind of ball. So something um, really also quick to note on that is after that match uh, concluded a day or so later, you see Christian Polisic linked with a loan move to Leeds. Would it make sense? Uh, after Leeds wipes Chelsea and Pulisic starts on the bench, is it just talk? Is it Team USA? I don't know. Um, but that's just kind of funny. I think it's like an extra little slap to Tuchel. Like, dude, you better you better write the ship and write it quick. <laughs> I, yeah, it's becoming hard to imagine this late in the window moving on from Pulisic, but it's just, it keeps coming up every week. It seems like. And Christian Pulisic's dad is at the center, liking tweets that are criticizing Thomas. I know. So Christian, Christian's in Chelsea jail. So you imagine that the player wants to leave. Like again, we got a world cup coming up in in the matter of months, (laughs) like two months three months is what we're talking about. So if Christian's not starting, I don't know, maybe a short-term loan move to come back in January. I don't know. Yeah, it is crazy. Mm-hmm. And this is a quick branch off. I'm talking about uh, being in like manager jail. I'm um, talking about people like Antoine Griezmann, both appearances he's made for Atletico have been 29 minutes because if he hits the 30 minute mark in a certain amount of games, they have to accept his buy on clause and so they've only been playing him 29 minutes exactly so far in his games. God. And it's just like the same thing, you know, Deli Alley, had he played at Everton, like they would yeah, have to do yeah, his buy on cloud after a certain amount of time. It's just crazy how like these teams are getting away with these optional whatever clauses to get guys for a season, half a season or whatever. And it's just like now they're getting put on the bench and riding it, you know, they could be playing somewhere else and probably succeeding. But just thought I mentioned that how crazy this market is and how like, I don't know, just it's not, is it unfair? Is it unfair for these players or is it just like what they should expect? Like going to a team like Chelsea, going to a team like, I don't know, Man City or Atletico, Barcelona. Like, is it like, what do we expect these days? It's just like, it seems like the market's out of whack. I, I don't know. You expect to be fighting for, for places but like I sort of mentioned last week with Ten Hogs hands being tied with like certain contracts, like that's why, especially with bigger players, that's why contracts, ne- contract negotiations are so tough. 
you know, you talk to anybody that, that does it and you, they say you'd be amazed at what people want in their contract. You'd be absolutely amazed this exact car for their mom, this house for their father, you know, like just crazy ass that you're like, do, do we, do we actually have to do this? Is this a yeah. real thing? Uh, and then you, you talk about like the time management stuff, like, yeah, Tottenham threw that in there hoping to, you know, force Everton's hand and Everton doesn't, doesn't think Deli Alley one is good enough to play for them, but two, like they don't want to pay that buyout clause or whatever that they would be forced to do. Um, it's, I don't know, it's crazy, but it is the world of contract negotiations, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, we're already seeing it to Memphis to pie and a bomb yank potentially being bought out at Barcelona. It's just like, they just yeah. got there. Yeah. They just got there. It's just, I don't know. It's crazy to me. Um, seeing stuff like that happen. Um, some other results from around the grounds, West Ham and Brighton, West Ham dropping more points early on Brighton staying hot under Graham Potter's, um, you know, vision for his team. He's expecting a high top 10 finish, maybe some European places. Tottenham getting it done against Wolves. Nothing pretty, but they got the three points, which is huge for them. And I think this one want to land on Bournemouth and Arsenal. Arsenal is top of the league right now. Um, just scoring out of their butts, it seems like. Uh, Gabriel Jesus is just killing it. I think he has is it three goals and two assists or something like that so far. Um, are we to believe that Arsenal our top four contenders for sure this year, or maybe even more than that. 100%. Um, on our preview um, show about the season, you know, I had them, I think, fifth, or not surprised if they finished fourth. I taught them at four. Um, Arsenal's good, dude. Um, they won the FA. Like, this is a team that historically yada 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 a little bit more successful than Tottenham um but no this is a team that's very good um and has been off of their expectations for a while now um they have a very good team they've stuck with a coach that has imprinted his identity into the team um it's hasn't looked consistent all the time for Arteta hasn't looked pretty but he's there right now. He's got a lot of signings in of very good players. Odegaard with the brace this past game as well. Um, this team's good. They're very good. They haven't played um, incredibly difficult opponents yet, but True. only team in the entire league um, with three wins to start off the gate. And like we've been touching on Liverpool drawing to Fulham. Um, I mean, these teams, it, a tough competition isn't really a, like like minimal competition or like not like good enough teams like doesn't really it's, it's kind of a fallacy in the premier league because everybody can steal points from you um it's not like american sports where you have um kind of like gimme games really right um the, the so, bottom feeders the perennial losers yeah exactly so it can't go ignored and i think arsenal's definitely top four contenders hell they could they could beat out chelsea they could beat out liverpool i mean why not <laughs> this is a team that been there done that i don't think it should surprise a lot of people um look at their roster incredible young talent some great veterans as well Good. I don't know. I, I like Arsenal a lot um, to finish top four this year. Yeah, they're definitely going to be up there in the mix at some point. Um, they look really, really good. And 
just a little reminder, is the complete opposite start than what they had last year. They lost the first three games last year. Yeah. Um, so you can't really start any better. Um, you know, it's been a building. It's been a process. Trust the process. Um, Arteta and the and the. Honestly, they're a lot. A lot of them are kids. They're like they're pretty young. I think they filled the youngest team in the Premier League. I'm pretty sure. Um, at least one of them. They they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, and like you you all mentioned, Gabriel Jesus is he's looking. What a signing! What a signing! He's, he's becoming the butterfly. He was in his shell, and he's now blossoming and getting out to fly. The pretty That's butterfly. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. It cool. is so beautiful. Um, no, yeah, <laughs> we'll on tonight. <laughs> talk about it. Talk about them a little bit more in a second. Um, Leicester City they dropped more points to Southampton to one. I think it was Shea Adams getting the brace off the bench. I want to say he did score one of them. I think yeah. he had a brace. I think he came on and scored two goals. Much needed. He has struggled in the prem. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, he had a good game against Tottenham, and was it February when they beat us? Um, him and James Ward-Prowse were just linking up like madmen. Um, Everton and Nottingham Forest, they get the draw. Everton equalizing late off Damari Gray goal. Um, pretty entertaining one to watch there. Um, I don't remember who scored for Nottingham Forest, but Damari Gray, much like he did last season, coming with that late, late stunner um, to get some necessary points for Everton, which they'll need for sure this season if they want to contend to stay in the Premier League again. Um, Palace, unfortunately, beat up on your guys, Villa. Um, Brandon, what happened in that one just real quick? What went wrong? Villa scored first. Um, very good goal. I think it was the fifth or sixth minute. Ollie. Um, Ollie Watkins getting off the mark. Um, yeah. And then it all went downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, three unanswered goals. Um, I think Zaha a had a double, right? Uh, yeah, he had a penalty that was saved. Um, he followed and up he on. Followed up, Yeah. Um, and then there was the, that, that penalty also a lot of questions about it. Um, I didn't think I, it was a penalty. I don't think it's a penalty either. A lot of these penalties that are being called, especially in the MLS, obviously, I mean, VAR is all over the place to be honest, but, um, very inconsistent. And a lot of them, if you, you would go ask any player that's played at a high level and <laughs> understands the game. Um, they would say, yeah, a lot of them are, are not penalties. You know, like the natural position or unnatural position. Um, he's jumping, and it's like his arm is behind him, below him, and it heads down off his arm. I don't yeah. know how you're supposed to get leverage. I don't, I don't know how you're supposed to get leverage. You jump. How you're supposed to hold it's tie your arms you jump. when you slide. Like I don't know what the rules are anymore. Um, one of the the head of the referees in England, I think it was on Sky Sports, I saw came out and said it shouldn't have been um, a penalty. So it is what it is. Tough luck. Aston Villa looked absolutely awful, though. I think we should have lost the game. We definitely deserve. Uh, Steven Gerrard needs to figure it out. Really, yeah. really does. Uh, I know there's been like a lot of stuff surrounding him. You know, people like to, you know, the media likes to build stuff up. Um, and I'm not one to like want to fire coaches either. I think coaches should have an extended tenure. Um, that's why you hire them. Um but it's not looking too great for him. His win percentage is bad. And like I said in the previous episode, he needs to learn how to tie games no matter what. You need to learn yeah. how to get draws. You need to learn how to get points. Losing 3-1 when you should have tied 1-1 or 2-2 or something, you have to figure out a way to do it. And honestly, Eddie Howe at Newcastle knows how to do that. They played awful versus Brighton, but tied, I think it was 0-0. 
And, you know, those points matter. <laughs> Steven Gerrard needs to figure out what to do with the midfield. I know I'm sorry for my rant. Needs to figure out what to do with the midfield. Having midfielders cover for their left and right backs or for our left and right backs, like when they're supposed to be the ones that are creative, like we need that we need to be able to boss the midfield, not have them cover for players who don't even really know how to cross uh, <clears throat> Matty cash uh, who hasn't showed up yet this year. Um, he got the money and he I, ran. Golly. So I, I'm not worried, but um, there you, has s- been you a lot sound of not worried. <laughs> I'm not. It's again, it's a long season. I still think Leeds will get relegated and I still think Brentford would get relegated. <laughs> that makes you uh, feel any type of way, but it is a long season. I don't think games get any easier as the year goes on, but it never really helps to overreact because teams always figure it out. Hopefully maybe that's optimism, but. Yeah, well, speaking of Brentford, they lost to Fulham. We did see a lot of this going on um, from Ivan Tony, and actually, initially, he thought he had scored the equalizer, and then Mitrovic comes back down the field and gets the winner for Fulham. So, yeah, uh, Brentford-Fulham, that went in 3-2 in favor of Fulham. But talking about overreactions, this is our third time we've been doing this. I do just want to say, like, soccer, football, whatever you call it, is I think just the most emotional overreactionary sport there is. Like it's just insane. A year ago, one year ago today, what did the Premier League table look like? It had Tottenham nine points, Arsenal zero points. Where was Tottenham in November? They were firing Nuno. It's like <laughs> it changes it's, quick. I'm telling you, it, it changes, changes quick. quick. And then okay, and then in November, what did they say? Impossible to get Champions League. Impossible. And Antonio Conte comes in, they get top four. Now I'm not saying that as like a like a Tottenham fan to like blow. I'm just saying like it's literally so early, and there's so many ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of the game. It's like it's inconsistent. Teams are going to falter. There's things that are going to happen, but soccer is so emotional and so unstable that these people freak out so early on. That mm-hmm. um, you know, you talk about teams like Chelsea and Liverpool. You talk about teams like Leeds that overperform early. It's so much can happen, um, but our overreactions so far um, do involve those same teams, and I do think there's some level of you know truth to it and some you know weight. Like me saying, like the top four could not include Liverpool. That's a reality because we just know Man City are going to be the team that's most likely not going to drop points this season, and especially in the title race. If you want to consider it the title race. Liverpool won't be included in on it if they continue to drop points. Honestly, they, they probably can't drop like in relatively to Manchester City like more than six points. Like typically they've kept up. If you drop more than six points, that's the gap typically, you know, between first and second is something that close. And that's what's been the past couple of years, and they're already in danger of slipping out of that. Um, so it could happen that we could have a top four in my eyes of Man City. Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, in whatever order. That could be the top four. And Liverpool could slip out because of either injury issues or just the, you know, inability to be a cohesive team that we've seen in the past. Jurgen's got it cut out for him if he can't figure it out early on. That's what I think is my overreaction so far. Steven, what's your overreaction through match week three? I think this will be one of the best Premier League seasons ever. All, let alone the past 10 years. Um, 
I think you're talking about this top four. And I mean, I just kind of relate everything through the lens of Tottenham and our results. Um, Tottenham, even just looking how we played Liverpool and Man City last year, like we didn't lose to either of those teams. And we very well could just the, just the way games go, right? Like we could get waxed by City this year. And then there's three points that or two extra points that City didn't have. Last. It's just the it ebbs and it flows. And what I love that I'm seeing so far is the Newcastles, the Leeds, you know. I love watching Manchester United go out there, even though it's sell the clubs, Glazers out. All right, you just beat your biggest rival, Liverpool. And they and they bought in Casemiro. It's like, do you yeah, want the Glazers out? The, high, the <laughs> highest transfer fee ever paid for a player 30 plus years old. Like, you don't know what's going to happen, you know? Um, and, and that's the fun thing about, like, watching pundits is, uh, like, whether it be ESPN FC or Sky Sports, like, people were talking Tottenham. Tottenham. As title contenders this time, like, and they were, and it was, it was crap. And, and I know that Cole Cole's probably being like, yeah, but what if? Uh, but no, like <laughs> devil's advocate is always <laughs> on my shoulder here. But it's it's something that this season, just for lack of any research words or terms at all it just feels different um <laughs> no the season's just gonna be fun you got erickson on man united you have like these americans you have team usa like more than the premier league has ever had um with leads which is just weird honestly um newcastle like saudi arabia consortium the most money in ever it's like they're starting to splash and splash more cash like I don't know, man. Jesse Lingard's playing on Nottingham Forest. Like, uh, I don't know what to think. Like, Sergio Regulon Tottenham's starting left back last year is linked with Nottingham. Like, I don't know. Well, no, I'll back you up. I'll back you up. I think you're making a good point in that these investments that the clubs are starting to make are starting to feel more sensible and realistic and, like, smart transfers. doesn't feel like teams as much are splashing – 80 million dollars on players that are unproven it feels like teams are starting to catch on to the system of you know spending smart money getting developed young talents or you know buying from leagues like mls or you know coming from germany austria where they've Portugal, played champions yeah, yeah they played they played champions league football they've played against these big teams and they're saving money by not buying within the english system or coming from france or whatever so it's you know teams like nottingham forest they've spent almost more money than anyone else, I think, at this point, which is crazy. Um, but they're the ones that are trying to prove that by playing with smart money and, you know, having a youngish team that's sort of proven that they could stay up. And that's the conversation I think a lot of teams are having is um, spending money can pay off. It just depends, obviously, what your goals are. You know, you might be want top four. You might want European football. You might want to win a championship. But it seems like you're right that this could be the most competitive season because teams are starting to make good investments into their clubs. Even yeah. despite coming away, still the excuse is being the pandemic. You know, a lot of clubs are still fighting for the health of their clubs, but it seems like some of them are moving to um, grow and grow out of that pandemic um, kind of downward spiral. But yeah, you just have a lot of storylines too, real quick, just of like teams that me personally, like I'm, I'm invested in Brighton 
Like I'm invested in what they're going to do this year in Graham Potter. I'm invested in Leeds. I'm invested in Nottingham. I mean, I mean, hell, right when I think about Leicester City, like, oh, they're not making it. Jamie Vardy signs an extension. I'm like, okay, well, you know, game on. James Madison scores a goal. I'm like, okay, like Leicester still. And then Brandon was like, at a point before we started of uh, David Moyes. I mean, West Ham, what's going on with them? Like, no they, points at the bottom of the table. Yeah, like it's so fun. It's just so fun, and yeah, it's I've I, and it's so refreshing. Uh, and again, it's so early, but in City just tied Newcastle, whatever. But you never like to know the result before the game happens. That's the lure of the Premier League. That's why players want to play in the league, leave their big clubs abroad, and maybe come play for a smaller team. In the Premier League, because it just means more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, it's just like, yeah, you you couldn't, especially Houston, like there's no way you would watch the Minnesota Timberwolves play the Phoenix Suns on a Monday afternoon. But you would sit and watch... Let alone basketball in general. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) But you would sit and watch 18th place Brentford take on 14th place Crystal Palace and then watch all 90 minutes of it. It's just that's the difference. It's a better that- game. It's more entertaining, and it means more to those fans. The fans are better than NBA fans. They're better than NFL fans. They're better than the fans here. They are. They just yeah. are. It just I've- it's in their blood. <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing some things on Reddit and maybe some Instagram stuff, but talking about American fans versus British fans. The American fans are saying defense defense whatever like simple stuff like that God, and then dude. in england they're like making up songs on the spot like <laughs> the saliba goal it's like they start instead of saliba, like, saliba. That, yeah, i was no, just getting ready to say like they just made yeah. that up on the spot when he scores so it's just like stuff like that where americans are little prunes mm. and too scared to come out of their shell because they're so regal and whatever posh when it's funny that that's how americans see british people but really the british ones are the ones that love to sing and have fun it's just Whatever, yeah, the fans are just a blast to be around. and It's called soccer, um, though. It's called soccer. Um, but, Brandon, what's your overreaction so far out of the Premier League season? Um, I love both of your overreactions. Uh, Steve, I actually don't think yours is an overreaction. I think that even though you know the table will take shape, I think we've started to see over the last couple of seasons that middle, yes, even seven, six, you can keep reaching a little bit to – 14th is like within 10 points, 12 points. Don't quote me on that. But the last couple of seasons, it's felt really tight, like a win versus whoever you jump them. And then uh, it's, it's fun. Um, yeah. It just drives the craze even, even further, right? <laughs> um, especially with a crazy start, not knowing that man city is going to play Fulham well or not. Or Liverpool is going to go lose to Nottingham Forest. Or you don't know. And I think this might change throughout the season. So maybe it is an overreaction. But I'm hoping. I'm very, very hopeful that this will be um, the best season in, in a while. Um, you know, it only gets harder. When you get to winter, you start playing yes. some of these teams up the in the injuries north. Kick in. Yeah, especially with the World Cup this year, it's a huge say, question mark. That was one of my points. I think I was yeah. going to say it's like that's a that's massive a break in the mark. year, a massive break in the year. And teams, um, teams like Nottingham Forest, more than likely, have less players going to play at a World yep. Cup, and yep. so that's a good either break for them or 
it could be them becoming, you know, out of form. Maybe they'll lose some games after the World Cup because they weren't playing together. I don't know. Like that's that's the thing. These guys could either come off really hot playing in a World Cup or they could crash and burn and have some injuries, like you said. So it's going to be huge what happens in November, December with this um, Qatar World Cup. Definitely. And along similar lines, people are trying to make their national teams for the World Cup. Right. So we mentioned Pulisic earlier trying to trying to play in Chelsea, which he most definitely should be playing on that Chelsea team. Um, but like not just him, but other people. And they're trying to show out and play the best that they can to right. get noticed. To, to Jesse Lingard. To get time, right. To try to get time on the on their national teams. Um, it's it's very, very, very exciting. And it just it's the high level that the Premier League brings is uh, it's extremely entertaining. I'm so glad it's back. Okay, uh, top four won't include Liverpool. That is a very big overreaction, uh, but I love it coming off of this week. Um, yeah, they have a lot of things to figure out. Uh, if someone's going to do it, it will be Klopp, though. Um, I guess we can be proven wrong on that. I- I'm just going to wait to see if if they start to fall. But like I said, if they start losing games... It's going to be a tricky one. Um, I have sort of two here, and we can talk about it or not. Um, but I don't think Frank Lampard will make it to October. Uh, hasn't really been backed. Everton probably won't get three wins until then. Uh, they look awful. And if you're depending on Damari Gray to score you uh, whatever they want him to score <laughs> or to score goals – or, uh, or I'll put it this way, Solomon Rondon um, to score your goals. <laughs> I'm just like uh, sitting here. I'm literally laughing. It's just like we literally just stole Richarlison from them. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're crazy for letting him go. Like why? Um, and Dominic Cal- Calvert-Lewin uh, is hurt every yeah. – it seems like, like all the time. Yeah. So he's hurt again. Um, he, he hasn't been yeah. backed. I don't know. I – I know he's like one of the managers that are sort of, you know, if you're a betting man, you can bet him to be one of the first to go out. I think it's like five to one or whatever, whatever the odds are. Um, but I don't think he'll make it to October. Yeah, I don't know. Because last season was the most managers fired ever, I think, wasn't it? Mm. It was like seven or something crazy, Possibly. like six or seven. I think last year was the you had most. Watford, so. <laughs> Watford goes to two or three. Three in a, three in a year. You <laughs> had Villa, you had Tottenham, you had so many teams. But no. I, it's crazy thinking about it now. It's like Nottingham Forest, their guy's been with them for how many years? Probably a handful or so. Only a year, last year. He really? came from Swansea. Yep. He came from oh, Swansea. So, okay, I'm the wrong Swans. on that. So the thing is, it's like with them, I doubt they'll probably fire him. Um, Thomas Frank isn't going to get fired from Brentford. You know, he's nope. a, you know the DNA of that club. Um, and he's good looking. <laughs> You know, he's got he's he got a nice flow. You have he nice hair. His hair. You have the same hair as him. Stretchy pants. <laughs> 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 um yeah, like Everton, if Eddie Howe collapses, maybe Eddie Howe from Newcastle, David Moyes. But again, it's just like it's gonna be the clubs I think have high expectations. I don't know if Frank Lampard will get the boot or not. It has to be bad, bad, bad. All I'm saying is Sean Dyche is waiting in the batter's box. <laughs> Everton, bring me in. I can do. I can do some work. <laughs> so that there, that's also my my that's guess. That's the thing. Like Frank Lampard gets fired, Sean Dyche is immediately there. 
they're opening a new stadium in like a year or two. And you want Sean Dice to be your front man? No, that's how to win no, though. No, no, no. That's how to get results, I guess. He knows how to get results. Uh, I guarantee man. you he could beat you in a bar fight. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Easily. Um, yeah. And then my that's second a, that's a hot one, take, though. I like the hot take. Yeah. A little bit. This one may be hotter. Chelsea is in trouble. I know you said Liverpool might be in trouble, which they might be. Chelsea is in trouble. They've been bad over the last three months. Um, not talking about the summer, like playing. Um, and Tuchel still doesn't know what his best team is. Um, Kalubalai looked good the first week, looked good against Tottenham, looked awful yesterday. Um so, you know, Jerry's still out on that. Um, <laughs> playing playing uh, Havertz as a striker still, which doesn't seem to work. He missed from six I'm, yards against Tottenham. I'm shocked they haven't figured um, something out up top. Yeah. Um, Christian Pulisic came on with like 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago, and played like three different positions because of Tuchel being lost. So I think that's scary. We already talked about it earlier. Tuchel's making wild excuses. Wild and it's not like Klopp when Klopp says, "Oh, the the grass was too dry" or whatever. Oh, wow, we play we play too many games. It's it's yeah. There's too many games on the schedule. Whatever it is, like wild excuses. Thinking that they're better than they actually are. They're a good team. They're a great team. Don't get me wrong. But if you have your head coach starting to be unrealistic with what he has and doesn't know who to throw out there week to week, I think I think you need to start. Ooh, hell, Ooh. Thomas Tuchel might be in the hot seat before Tuchel. he know it. Tuchel is ein Baby und hässlich oh, und God scheiße. There. Got him. <laughs> got him. Get him. Um, I was like a snake in the grass. I came out and got God. you. Yeah. Chelsea seems lost a little bit. That's that's all I'll say. Maybe it's Tuchel, not Chelsea, but yeah. Todd Bailey needs to inject some funds and buy a striker. Oh, wait. You know what? If oh. they just hadn't sold Tammy Abraham, they'd be fine. They wouldn't have had any issues. Yeah. Um, or don't spend ninety million on a striker you're not going to use. I mean, two years you could in also a row. Not do that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but look, I don't know. Seems like Timo Werner's happier. <laughs> happier in uh, yeah, Lukaku's happier too. So yeah, so interesting. Fun. Chelsea's a question mark. I don't know what you guys think about that. We can move on, but if you have uh, anything to say. No, yeah, I think you're not. I don't think you're far off. I think Tuchel, maybe he's just overdoing it. He maybe he just needs to simplify things. I mean, he put Ruben Loftus cheek as like a right back against right Tottenham. Right wing back. Like he did it playing, last. Playing him out of position is sort of strange. Um, the heck? Yeah, it's just like play Reese James, play Ben Chilwell at their positions, let them do their thing. And I don't know. It is strange. I don't disagree with your observation and take on it, um, but the German will figure it out. I'm sure he'll he'll figure it out down the road. Uh, we'll kind of wrap things up a little bit. We're gonna skip to some transfer updates a little bit. Some stuff. Um, you mentioned Nottingham Forest making some moves, um, getting linked with Sergio Reguilon from Tottenham. He's just been relegated to not even being a part of the team. He's been training on his own not training with the first team anymore, which is, I think, crazy. So weird. Crazy, crazy, crazy. crazy. Um, he's done nothing wrong, honestly. Like, he played great for us. At one point, the expected, either crosses or goals, whatever, from um, his position, he was, like, the highest-ranked player sending balls in the box um, and then just kind of got relegated out of that position after, like, a hamstring injury for, like, a little bit. But then just, like, 
He's so fast. He's got a great delivery. So whatever it is, he's been relegated out of Tottenham squad, which means he's been linked to some teams, not on anything like uh, permanent, but potentially alone. Nottingham Forest is the ones that might have a pickup for him. Um, Nottingham Forest has injected, I think, over 170 million pounds this offseason, if I'm not uh, mistaken. And they're going to do more. Are they going to be doing more, Brandon? Um, They did do more with their 15th and 16th signings of the day they signed a whole new squad this summer um remo furler from atalanta yes a champions league team nottingham forest just signed a <laughs> midfielder for for a pretty good fee seven and a half million pounds there and then morgan gibbs white who played for them uh when they were in the championship from wolves for a staggering and i mean absolutely staggering fee i don't know how wolves got this um but 42.5 <laughs> million pounds. He did have 12 goals and 10 assists last year for them. So maybe that's a good year. Feel, feel a certain way. Um, it's a very good year, but 42 and a half. That's crazy. No, nah, I played with Morgan Gibbs white <laughs> in FIFA 18 and he ends up being a really good player. So I, it, it's a good <laughs> move. Good to know. It's just good like, I had Nottingham forest being relegated. But they keep spending money. So I have to ask: Has any has this changed your minds at all? I said they were going to stay up, and I'll, I'll I'll go to bat for them. Yeah, Does I think this I did too. Change your mind? I think they're staying up. Um, uh, let Ooh. alone they also have Dino in goal. Um, Manchester yes, United goalie. Like you're we talking earlier about the importance of getting the draw and getting points. Um, and I think they're that team. I I mean, money talks. When it's spent yeah. wisely. Um, so, and I think I, they've spent well. I had them finishing 18th. I had, I had Fulham 17th on my table. I mean, it's, it's neck and neck. The long it's season. Neck and neck. Yeah. I mean, it depends. I, I think I said this in the preview. I think I did. Jesse Lingard is the linchpin. He's a lunch. I don't know about any more. Morgan Gibbs White might be better than him. <laughs> it's just like, who's going to show up? Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see if the investment's paid off or not. Otherwise, they might be in deep doo-doo back in the championship. Yeah. Pretty bold to come up and spend that much, I will say. There's been teams that have come and done it in the past and then just went straight back down. It's been a lot of issues for them. Um, yeah. But... Again, I think they're staying up, and they're, these signings are only making them better. Um, we'll just see. You, you really have to score goals. And I think, Steve, you might have mentioned this in, in, in the past, but usually teams that come up, you just have to defend well. You have to like try to not let in goals, really. That's what it comes down to. I know yeah. it sounds so stupid, but it's true. Like If you're a newly promoted side, just try to shore up your defense as much as possible. And I don't know. We'll see if they've done that. They've done it with the goalkeeper. So, yeah. Um, and then to not beat a dead horse, we did talk about this a lot a couple episodes ago, talking about Manchester United and what do they do as a club? What do they do as a team, especially after that big loss? Well, we mentioned earlier, they brought in Casemiro from Real Madrid. Um, Steve said this is the biggest transfer for a player over 30 in the Premier League's history and was at 60 million pounds. Um, is this the missing puzzle piece to? kind of recalibrate and reset menu season early on. Is this the, the missing link that they needed? Uh, um, I'll say, I mean, yes and no. Um, it's definitely helpful. Um, it's, it's the only 
I think stamp on Manchester United's like entire squad, honestly, um, for positions. Um, middle of the park, locking down um, in the midfield is Casemiro. You don't have to ask questions. Um, you don't have to worry about who you're playing. This is somebody, for whatever reason, wants to be at Manchester United after winning four Champions Leagues at Real Madrid. Um, but, you know, Casemiro, uh, small beginnings, getting signed from Sao Paulo in Brazil to Real Madrid for 7 million pounds or euros, actually, to coming to this 60 million pound player. Um, I don't know. I kind of like, I think when players are like bought into Europe, not on big fees, like he's had to work his way, um, work his way um, into that Real Madrid squad that ended up just being historic runs. Um, And he brings stability to Manchester United and he doesn't bring an ego. Um, I, I think you could honestly slot him in the captain role right away if you really wanted to. Um, so yeah, it, it doesn't solve everything. Um, there's got to be a question on the price tag. I think I think it's actually the second largest. Um, I might have misspoke earlier. The second largest ever fee paid for a player of a thirty. I don't know who the biggest one is, but oh, I was going to ask you, Cole. Do you know who the biggest one is? It's not Ronaldo. It is Ronaldo to Juventus. For a hundred million euros. Oh, it's not the Premier League. That's the ever. I would have said Ronaldo ever. if it was. Yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah, I knew it was not. Oh, okay, okay. So it is the Premier League. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, they 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 still got a lot of work to do. Um, I think it it's weird, honestly, because it's a signing that gives immediate impact, which is good but you look towards the future and you just wonder how much you're going to get. So it's kind of, it's a good signing. It's a good signing. Uh, the expectations high, um, great reception after watching that two, one win at Liverpool. So I wish that I like Casemiro a lot. Honestly, he does. He's one of those guys that there's a lot of unsung work, um, in the middle of the park. And you just kind of wonder, how Real Madrid dominated certain games and it was Casemiro. So it's fun. Yeah. I like it. I like him in the Premier League. Again, going back to my statement on, hey, Premier League's fun. We got Casemiro in here now. Like, let's go. <laughs> uh, Casemiro, Ronaldo, and Varane. Like, those are three Real Madrid <laughs> guys that have done a lot of stuff together. So, well, it's going to be different for him going from the trio of Cruz, Casemiro, and Modric to Casemiro, McTominay, and Christian Eriksen, maybe Fred Fernandez. sometimes. Uh, Bruno Fernandez. <laughs> we have Bruno, who's, who who's, great. who's class. Um, he worked who also, who also deserved a red card today, but that's my opinion. A little mm. bit of a dive. Um, but yeah, so he's stepping well, into a midfield that could use some work. Yeah, I, 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 I wonder if they overpaid for him, but it is a four-year deal, um, and it is a great signing. It, it's it's a good signing. Um there's no arguing with it, and I think you covered it perfectly, yeah. Steve. But yeah. are, are they done in the market? I mean, they're linked with a lot of other people. They better not be. But Who knows? Yeah, That's the thing. It's like be. Chelsea, Man U, those teams need to do more. They have the money to spend. They should at least. Um, they should be doing more if they want to be Christian competing. Pulisic was linked to Manchester United last week. I mean, I, I don't know. In a swap with Harry Maguire. That would have been insane. I think Villa should literally just go to Chelsea and be like, 
We'll loan Pulisic. And uh, $30 million on the table for Maguire. <laughs> we'll take him. Change of scenery might be good for Harry. Um, you know, might sure up our defense a little bit. Um, I don't know. But I don't know if you guys saw this. The Ajax striker, which they keep calling him a striker, but he plays on the wing. I don't know. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony. Um, for Ajax. 80 million euro bid was rejected last week. They want Ajax wants something closer to a million hey good yeah, for I, them good I, for them I, I guess but good lord that's a lot of money and they, think, know, they know his worth i think of i don't know if it was their coach or someone linked with the club one of you guys can jump in if you know who um was like i don't know like we understand like anthony's desire this this player wants to go to manchester united um but the the jab was kind of made that you know, we're playing Champions League football. I don't know if oh, you can it say it. It was their same. manager. It was, it was their, their manager. manager, yeah. He said, I don't know if you can say the same about uh, Manchester United. So, yeah. But yeah, 80 million euros. I mean, he's still young. He's like 23, isn't he? 22. Yeah, he's he's already very has young. Four goal involvements this year. Last year was uh, 12 goals, 10 assists. The year before that was 10 and 10. He's only 22. I, he yeah, can only man, go up, right? He's, he's only getting better. So he's raw. He has uh, been. Him and David Neres, that Champions League run with Ziyech and all of them, it's just like nasty. Very nasty, good. nasty, nasty. Um, Brandon, any other moves worth mentioning before we kind of wrap up at all? I don't think there are. Um, oh, yeah, this one might be might be worth mentioning. The Wolves uh, signed uh, midfielder Mateus Nunez. For a club record fee, 42.2 million pounds from Sporting Lisbon in Portugal. Uh, keeping with the Portuguese there. We know how that works. At, at Wolverhampton. <laughs> um, and they will be hoping he has an amazing year because they really might need it, uh, being close to the bottom so far this season. Uh, but that's probably about it. I, I will mention that you guys, Tottenham, that is, signed a left back for 18 million pounds. Um Thinking, I was th- thinking he might replace Sergio Regulon on the the roster, but you immediately loaned him out again. So I don't know what that's about. And then um, Manchester City not spending the eighty million dollars, whatever it was, on uh, Mark Kukurea, go and sign an eleven million dollar left back Sergio Gomez from Anderlecht on a four year deal. We'll see how that one plays out, but uh, I think that's the best update we could have given. Tottenham's been doing that. We did the same thing with Papamate Sar. Um, we got him from Mentz or Lentz, whatever it is, the French team. Um, and we immediately sent him back out to loan. And I think he's currently on our roster still right now. We haven't loaned him out again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's not totally out of character for us to get these young guys that aren't quite like, Premier League ready and to – to send them off back to their team that they came from. Sort of like Which the Chelsea I think is model. Yeah, it can be beneficial. You know, Mishy Bashwai did never really play for Chelsea, but he got loaned every year. He's played a lot of games for other teams. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but, so yeah, it's, you know, anything can happen with that. Um, remains to be seen, but I'm not I'm too concerned. Uh, yeah. That more or less wraps things up. I know the comical part, I'm having issues bringing it up, but the leaks on the U.S. Men's National Team World Cup jerseys has stirred the pot a little bit. Uh, was it 
Frick. Timothy Weah and was it Weston McKinney that both chimed yeah. in, talked about yeah. like we try to warn y'all, like these things bad. bad. Like <laughs> uh, I want to be able to bring it up, but yeah, like they are pretty. I'll describe it to you uh, while, while you're working on that. So we have a blue one that looks like a tie dye project that you do in third grade. Um, yeah. Doesn't it's blue and black. Blue and black. Yeah, blue and black yeah. doesn't. Keep in mind that this is the first World Cup the United States is, is playing in since um, eight years. So, you know, it's kind of you would expect, yeah. you know, kind of something out of it. And then I think our white jersey just has like a center cut crest. And but it's just plain. It's just bad. It's a white jersey. Um, but it just doesn't okay. look good. Uh, looking back on like the U.S., like I think of the U S and the world cup and I think of like the, um, the popsicle jerseys. I think of Clinton Dempsey with like the, there's like red and then the blue on the top with a white stripe in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing goals against Ghana. Um, Jermaine Jones strikes against Portugal. Like, I don't yeah. know it, you know, when you're balling out on the field, you want to look good while you do it. Um, definitely. I mean, you look at England's jerseys, they have Nike. Those look really good and will probably look good for the World Cup. Um, I also think about, are you you pulling them up? Oh, yes. Yeah, it is. It it just looks so bad. I really hope these are like training or something, but they look, they're in the same form as the the Nike kits for this year. Um, I just hate the center. I I hate the centered crest. Like, I don't like that it's centered like that. My only defense is with the numbers on it, they'll look better with the numbers for sure. Mm-hmm. That's what I yeah. do. That's, that's the nice thing about club or international jerseys. You have the numbers on the front like that. That'll look better, but the designs are lazy and bad, in my yeah. opinion. A uh, conspiracy theory, there now. I mean, Timothy Way and Weston could be trolling us too. Like, this could be like. I don't know. It'd be kind of ballsy, but you know, maybe with the leaks come out or, or well, is this, do we know if this is, this is it? No, I, this is. So the white no, one is no. the white one. Is it confirmed? Yeah, it it's is. already been they seen saw in, in a store. Yeah. yeah. Confirmed. The white one is, um, the blue one at this point, again, same thing. It's like the production is usually done like a year or two beforehand. And I've sort of learned that fleet headlines just doesn't miss they're always on like years ahead. Like they're yeah. like, you know, you know how Tottenham this year has like the neon collar and stuff. Yeah. They reported on that three years ago that this year stuff was going to have. Neon. That bothers me. Like that's lazy. I don't think that's very innovative when it comes to Jersey making. I, I don't know. Like is recent- that's, that's the thing. It's like Nike has been the ones criticized. Let's talk about Jersey stuff for a second while we can. Venezia, for example, they were with Nike, right? They were getting, team templates so that means they don't get what's called like bespoke designs like unique intentional designs for the club they get what's distributed amongst the lower league something teams, you can whatever. do on fifa like the fifa sure. created jersey <laughs> sure like it's a template that's given out to lower league teams and so they decide well we don't want to do that and kappa is a small enough company that can do intentional designs for each club which is now the past two seasons they've had incredible kits that have sold out and people have been loving is because they've had that ability to do so nike has eight elite teams that they do intentional, whatever unique designs for. And it's insane to me that 
the United States, home of Nike, is getting these lazy designs. Um, the one on the right, the blue one, y'all remember the kind of Chattahoochee, uh, sorry, not the Chattahoochee, the Mississippi River jersey from two years ago. It's like the navy with the kind of yeah. similar blue color. It's, it's it similar idea to me. It's just like we had a similar jersey recently like that. Why do we not go with something with a little bit more flair? It bothers me so much. The USA logo doesn't match the jersey. Like yeah. the colors are not the same. Um, I don't know. The white one I can deal with. That one sort of feels like the 2004 jersey in a way. Um, sort of similar, with mostly the, white. Yeah. I can So I can deal with the white one. I, honestly, I think the white one will be fine when we wear it. But the blue one's pretty bad. Um, I wish it had like red, white, and blue um accents on not just the navy and the royal blue that's just i don't know it's, it's a bad jersey it is bad and- i was gonna say it's it is it is just bad i've seen a lot of renditions come out since this was leaked and people go you know go on photoshop for 10 minutes and make something better it's like are you kidding yeah. me i saw yeah. something really really cool that i liked um there was like the white kit was like the stripes which we've had in the past again another ode to an older jersey which we should definitely do since like you said steve it's been eight years since we've been in the world cup these they're gonna sell so you better do it well hey look at that it rhymed um <laughs> let's just let's just keep the jerseys we've been wearing i love the ones we've been wearing the simple white and like the red and navy kind of fun ones like just wear uh, those. i like the red and navy one honestly yeah yeah they're just fun but like you can upgrade right like like, yeah, just put some stripes on this white kit and it'd look fine. Or put one, like, red bar like we had a couple years ago. Like, I just think of Donovan, yeah. the number 10 yeah. in the middle. Um, and then I saw the other rendition that I thought was really, really cool on the blue one. Instead of those stupid tie-dye spots, it was, like, stars. Sort of like an ode to that old, like, denim-looking kit. Yes. It was, like, stars across, like, you know, random exactly. sizes all over the jersey. Like, yeah. something like that would be... Oh my and, god! I'd be in line. And, I'd be in line like GameStop <laughs> trying to buy one I of those know. jerseys Oof. for real. And I think Dang that's so like hot. the intention of the navy jersey. They didn't hit with it. Like it's supposed to be this American feel tie dye whatever denim thing. It's just like it's just not hitting. Like in the least bit, it's a it's a flop. Um, well, but, speaking of jerseys, Cole, uh, why don't why don't you show what came in? came in the mail for you the other day uh <laughs> do, you, do you have it on hand yeah give me a second oh <laughs> this wasn't rehearsed as you can tell um yeah what are your thoughts about the jerseys though steve what would you have done differently yeah i mean just so, oh my god look at that look at that venencia kit that's our team right there oh flip that's, it that's a, that's a thumbnail oh i mean that's just mm. clean it's so gorgeous. It's just, it's just clean. Um, you can see me in his television. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think white jerseys are hard to kind of miss with, honestly. Um, honestly, they, this UVA one's pretty clean too, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's not that. Hell, maybe if since we have ugly jerseys, we'll play better. I don't know. They could have. They could have like just released jersey. No, I'm talking American, about the uh, American ones. <laughs> they could have released these little leaks just to say, you know, get a little feedback, but I don't know. I don't know what they could do on the jerseys either. Like, you know how they do the imprints nowadays? Yeah. I don't know what they could even do there to make it look good because those just look awful. I've seen the video that was released. I think it was at a Dick Sporting Goods maybe. Um, I mean, yeah. bad, man. It's bad. You know that, that white 
PSG Mbappe jersey I got. Yeah. yeah. It has like Paris imprinted on it. It'd be so cool. Even a subtle star pattern. Not even like yeah. blue stars, but just like the subtle white pattern on the white jersey would be sick. Like yeah. that would elevate it from a four to like a seven. Just it might, it like might happen, but but I'm not counting on those. Are, in fairness, those are the stadium like replica jerseys. Those aren't the authentic versions. They could have that design. It could happen. Yeah. Um, but hey, we're gonna wrap things up. We've been going a little bit long. We got that little bonus uh, coverage on the jerseys <laughs> and stuff. Um, hopefully, you guys have some opinions. Just enjoy listening to it. Um, that's gonna wrap things up on the bad fan today. Uh, please, please, please support our coverage with things like the Premier League transfers kit news anything you guys want to hear about on the bad fan uh please subscribe if you haven't already leave a comment leave a like um you can find all you need to know about the channel in the description below um info things about finding us on twitter and instagram um you can find our biggest reactions to daily events on twitter and some reels and stuff on instagram um but yeah that's where you can find us on the daily you can find our personal accounts whatever you want to do the bad fan would love to connect with you um but for me i've been cole uh he's been brandon and steven We've been the bad fan for our 32nd episode together. Um, getting getting up in the numbers, and it's been a blast so far. Um, Haters said yeah, it couldn't happen. Haters going to hate. We're going up. Hate. They hate us because they ain't us. Um, but that's going to do it for today. Uh, continue to love. Watch the Premier League. Give us your insights in the comments below. Leave a like, and we will see you guys next time. Peace out.